0: welcome back to home inspector training i am garth haslam the home medic good to have you on board this segment we're going to talk about garage issues of the more miscellaneous category we've already created a few segments about the garage door itself and about the walls and ceiling and the door to the garage electrical issues those are in different segments good stuff this time around we're going to cover pretty much everything else that you need to know to have a basic level of understanding to do a good home inspection. So, as you're taking a look around the garage, just see if there's any plumbing. Now, if you're inspecting in Florida, there's a totally different set of rules than if you're inspecting in Vermont. If the area that you're inspecting in freezes regularly or often, you're going to want to be very Concerned about any plumbing that may be in the garage. Now, I live in an area that's about halfway between those two, and it does get cold in the winter. You've got two or three months that are brutal cold, at least based on uh, what my version of brutal cold is. It gets down to the tens and twenties and thirties, and that's unpleasant for me, and it's also unpleasant for plumbing inside the garage. If you have maybe a sink in the garage in a cold area, like this, you're going to want to pay close attention to that. In any case, you're going to want to bring it up to the homeowner, the client, that they have a potential ice problem here. Now, if they're doing copper, you're going to have a problem. It's just there, you're going to have a problem. If you have maybe a polybutylene sort of a plumbing, that's the gray stuff. That's a different set of issues because polybutylene has been gotten to by the lawyers and the court system, and that's, like I say, that was commonly installed in the 90s, but we're not going there in this segment. Maybe you have a polybutylene that's going on. It's the plastic stuff, and that is rated that it can handle the expansion that comes with the water turning to ice inside the plumbing. That's what the plumbers are telling me. Again, in your area, you'll want to do your own research and make sure that you've got that sort of thing being okay in your area. But as a blanket statement, I'm going to say that polyethylene is designed so that it can handle freezing temperatures with water actually in the plumbing system. Do your own research on that one. If there is a central vacuum system in the house, you're probably going to have your vac motor out in the garage. Take a look at that. Make sure there's no surprises sometimes you'll have the pvc line that goes into the house be broken sometimes you'll have parts that have fallen off or whatever you'll want to notice that sort of thing inside the garage next thing you're going to want to look at is the slab itself and by slab i mean the concrete floor so all concrete should drain water away properly to where you want the water to go Quite often, you'll see where a slab was poured on unconsolidated soil, i.e. backfill, i.e. they just threw some soil in and then poured concrete on top of it. And what happens is that the weight of the house and the garage results in um, the outer edges of the slabs bending or settling down towards those outer edges. This results in water going to the same place, and then you can get rot mold termite problems. So you want to pay attention to what direction that slab goes. Now, it wasn't very long ago that I was at a house that was against a hillside with a gorgeous view. It was a crazy, awesome, million-dollar view that anybody would love to have. But what had happened on this one is that slab actually was negatively graded possibly because of settlement, possibly who knows what, but it was negatively graded. It actually forced water coming in off of maybe the car to flow in towards the living space and then down into the basement. As a result, you had this very cool room that was located beneath the slab. It was this awesome theater room, but you could tell as you got down there that they'd had any number of water problems in this theater room because the slab was negatively graded. They had tried to seal the expansion joints in the slab, and maybe that might have helped, but it didn't solve the problem, because it just changed where the water flowed into the house at. Rather than flowing in through the expansion joints, instead it flowed towards the wall of the living space, and then it flowed down there instead. As a result, nobody was going to buy this house because of that negatively graded garage slab i actually inspected this house twice and in both cases both of the buyers asked me how to deal with that i told them that you could either re-pour the concrete or you could have concrete technicians come in and give you an epoxy lift it would have probably had to been a couple inches or that they could just pour a wedge you know those are the kind of options that were available or do something a little bit more drastic. They had a number of options. But the bottom line is, make sure that you're paying attention to the drainage. You can only imagine the grief that I would have had if I had ignored the fact that the drainage slope in the garage was the wrong direction. And even though that's not something that is easy for the eyeball to see, I did notice it down in the theater room beneath. And you could see the water down there. If I hadn't seen that, life would have gotten ugly. Now, the sellers had known this because they had actually cut out the bottom few inches of sheetrock all the way around the perimeter of the garage, presumably because that sheetrock was rotten and moldy, and so they wanted to remove the evidence. But they did not replace the sheetrock. So that was another sign that they'd had water issues there. I caught that. We helped a couple of homebuyers avoid buying a problem that would have been very expensive. And obviously, that would have been a 3 a.m. phone call that I certainly wouldn't have wanted to have dealt with. So pay close attention to the drainage, both in the garage as well as everywhere where there's concrete to make sure the water goes the right direction. Quite often in a garage, you're going to have some nasty electrical. That's where Joe, homeowner, tends to do the most of his Less than brilliant work. Sometimes you're going to see ugly splices where they're just running wires here and there. In older homes, you may see some knob and tube wiring where in 1910, Grandpa ran one wire over to maybe the kitchen or the bedroom. And then in 1920, he spliced in and went over into another bathroom. And then in 1930, he spliced in and he uh, went out to the shed And so you got all these nasty splices, and quite often a lot of them are in the garage. All splices should be done in a junction box, so you want to pay attention to those. If it's not done in a junction box, write it up. It is proof that whoever did the job had no idea what they were doing. And of course, if you see splices anywhere, and it looks like new wiring versus old, you're going to wonder if the electrical demand on that breaker is now going to be overwhelming what the breaker was designed for. So you want to pay attention to the electrical around there. If you have the old knob and tube or if the wires look frayed or like they've been abused by shovels or birds or whatever you may have, these are all things you're going to want to be paying attention to, pointing out to the client and writing up. Okay, that's the miscellaneous section. We've talked about plumbing and freezing, central vac systems, the slabs and drainage and uh, electrical issues out in the garage other segments we've talked about the garage door the door itself the opener safety equipment associated with that we have talked about the sheetrock and protecting the home from the garage as relates to carbon monoxide and fire you are going to want to be up to speed on all of the above basically if you miss any of these you're going to get that 3 a.m phone call and nobody needs that So listen closely, pay attention, make sure you store it. But most importantly, take good care of your client. Do not be arrogant. You know, you kind of have to be arrogant to be a home inspector because there's an insane amount of information that you need to know. And beyond that, you got to know quite a bit about how to write and how to communicate and how to market, blah, blah, blah. But if you are arrogant, you're going to get more of those 3 a.m. phone calls. So don't do it. All right, homemedicusa.com or nachi.org. Go out there, do a great job, serve those guys, make me proud.